How many of you would be able to say that at some point in time in your life that God did something that was seemingly impossible, yet he came through for you in some sort, some way? Look around you. Hold on. Keep your hands up. Now, for those of you who maybe you're... Keep it up. I'm just we're good. Now, for those of you who maybe your hand is not raised, like... That doesn't mean that God's not working in you, not finished. But I want you to see this, that this is one of the best statements of testimony of God's work, that he is ready to do whatever that is. Okay, you can put your hands down. Thank you for helping me with those personal. I wish we could get every one of those stories because, man, it's beautiful when God surprises us. Is it not? Like, it's beautiful when God surprises us with something that we didn't realize was maybe coming our way or something that we didn't feel like we were ready for or something that we were prepared to do. And so this morning, like, I love this series, and man, the worship team, that was off the chain this morning. Like, phenomenal, phenomenal. Uh, This is not a golf course. Uh, Give it up for the worship team this morning. They did great, great work this morning. This morning, we're going to talk about someone in the Bible that there's not, there's not always a, a lot of people that were in the Old Testament that then get mentioned in the New Testament, but this morning's character happens to have that uh, in his repertoire. So if you've got your Bibles and you would turn to Hebrews chapter 11, okay, we're going to be in the Hero Hall of Fame today, and then also Judges chapter 6, and some of you are like, well, that's too much. Well, if you've got the uh, app, then you can go on there, and then it's all on there. But I'm going to ask us to stand this morning just in honor of reading of the scripture, and I'm going to read the shorter scripture this morning um, just for us while we stand. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 32 Here is the story, very short segment, of Gideon. Faith's Hero Hall of Fame says this in verse 32. And what more shall I say? For time would fail me to tell of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, of David and Samuel and the prophets, who through faith conquered kingdoms, enforced justice, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the power of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, were made strong out of weakness, became mighty in war, put foreign armies to flight. That's what the New Testament says about all of the years prior about these men and women of faith. Now, now if you've got your Bibles, go ahead and turn back to Judges chapter 6. I'm just going to read the first verse that sets the tone for where we go today. Judges chapter 6, verse 1. The people of Israel did what was evil in the sight of the Lord. And the Lord gave them into the hand of the Midian seven years And the hand of the Midian overpowered Israel. Dot, dot, dot. Let's pray. God, we love you. And this morning, thank you for showing up in our time of worship. The time that we get to sing to you and to tell how amazing and how awesome that your love is for us. The opportunity that you give us to come to the altar the beautiful picture of that reckless love that calls us to get on our knees, to run to you in those times of need, to, 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 to worship you in, in prayer in those times where you show up and you surprise us. 
I thank you that as a child of God, whatever the ebb and flow of life comes at us, however it hits us, that you are there in the midst and you are ready to move. You are ready to do. You know our hearts long before we ever even cry out to you. You know the plan long before we ever even ask you. So God, I would ask this morning that for those of us in this room who need a fresh call on our lives from you, that you would do that. For those who need healing in their lives, that you would surprise them today and that you would heal them, that you would heal that family member. God, that you would be with them in the midst of whatever it is, family, financial, uh, work-related stuff, that God, that you would be in the midst just like you were for Gideon and for the people of Israel. God, we love you. Thank you for the opportunity to speak of you. Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for all of us, especially me. I know that there is nothing in me that deserved what you did for me all of those years ago on the cross. But thank you for saving me and even giving me the opportunity. There are a thousand, way more than that, other people that could be here speaking today. So humbly today, would you allow yourself to be heard? Hide me behind your cross. It's in your name that we pray. And everybody said, Amen. Please have a seat. So we find here in Judges chapter 6, here is this man named Gideon that, that gets a, a renowned opportunity, right, in the New Testament. He, the, the hero hall of fame. But we find here there's, there's a not surprising situation. Can we all admit that there is so much sin in our world? Can we all agree to that? Like, like we watch the news, we see things that are happening in front of our eyes, and some of you, may, as in your desperate attempt for your kiddos not to see or be hurt by some of those things, it just happens. And so here in Gideon's life, the people of Israel, they find themselves in a not surprising situation. They have been inside of this cycle, and it's going to be put up here, this, this situation of sin. Um, but it's the cycle of Israel's sin. It's this cycle I would venture to say it's the same cycle that we get into at times as well. A nation in trouble and oppressed people, but by their own doing. Can we say that more times than not, we get ourselves into, our, into some of the biggest messes? The people of Israel are busy about doing that. And so as you look at that, the cycle of Israel's sin, if you were to pay attention and really begin to study the Bible, we see an oppressor, then we see how long they have been oppressed. We see the judge of Israel who steps in to help lead them out. And then we see, almost after every one of them, we see years of peace. It started with the Mesopotamians. Uh, they oppressed the Israelites for eight years. Then Othniel came in, and then after his time, there were 40 years of peace. You keep going, all of the ites, the Moabites, uh, the Ammonites, the Amalekites, like all of the ites, for, for 18 years, they oppressed the people of Israel. And then Ehud, <laughs> there's a name. Hey, Ehud. <laughs> Could you imagine? Ehud is probably, man, he's probably already mad maybe about his name. I get Ehud. And then God says, hey, Ehud, here's what's going to happen. I need you to come and judge the people of Israel. And then after Ehud, 80 years of peace, 80 years. Then what happens again? Sin comes in. The Canaanites, they begin to oppress. And for 20 years, they go through that. And then Deborah and Barak, here's the deal. After they judge and as they begin to lead the people back to God, 40 years of peace. And then the Midianites, dun, 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 here we are, the Midianites, here's Gideon. Midianites, seven years they have been oppressed. Seven years, they have fallen to, to all kinds of sin, all kinds of struggle, and then God calls Gideon off the bench. 
God calls Gideon out of the field. God calls Gideon. And the cool thing is, is that we'll see is that after Gideon does what Gideon does, God does what he does, 40 years of peace. I would love to say that, that after Gideon, that the people of Israel, they finally got it. But no, it just goes on, that cycle of sin, that cycle of sin. We go through it, right? We get rescued. God, save me. God, help me. And then all of a sudden, man, there's this uh, opportunity for us to either run to God or run from God. And so often, what do we do? Maybe we, we get too smart for God and then we run from God, think we've got it all down pat. And then, and then uh, more times than not, we find ourselves kind of ruined. We find ourselves kind of at, at, at our wits end. We don't really know where to go next. And then all of a sudden, there's this return. And then God begins to do something in us. And that's what we see time and time again throughout the Old Testament with the people of Israel. The beautiful picture is that God always has a plan. God is always ready to to raise up the person who would say, hey, let's don't go into this cycle of sin. Some of you are in this place and the, the sin cycle that has been in your family today, God is asking you to step up and to be the one that would break that sin cycle. Maybe it's alcoholism. Maybe it's pornography. I don't know what it is, but, but for some of you in this room, dads in the room, like you may need to be, <laughs> you don't, it's not a may, you need to be the one that would break that sin cycle that has been prevalent in your life. It may be that you grew up in that. It doesn't mean that your kiddos have to grow up in that. Somebody needs to help break those cycles. And so here's the deal. A not so surprising situation, this thing called sin, but then Gideon, he gets a surprising call. Some of you, you've had a surprising call. For me, calling, a calling to ministry wasn't what I planned on. <laughs> I went into Stephen F. Austin. I thought, man, I'm going to do commercial art. Uh, my T-shirts are going to be everywhere. I'm billboards, all this stuff. I'm going to be rich. I'm going to be loaded, blah, 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 blah. Took my first art class, realized quickly art was not <laughs> the route that I wanted to go. Art was not the place that I needed to be. I'm sitting behind uh, having to draw some things that I don't want to draw, sitting behind a young lady. Uh, who had her whole head shaved with a tattoo of a dragon across the whole back of her head. The only hair on her head was the fire coming out of the dragon's mouth. And I'm just sitting there going, I don't know if this is really what you want me to do. And then God was like, this is not what I want you to do. And I'm sitting there so thankful. And it wasn't probably six months later that God began to call me into working and working with students there at First Baptist Nacogdoches. And he put people in my life who began to help me with that call. They began to kick me into areas of service that I would not have jumped into on my own. And that's what's going to happen to Gideon. Gideon is not just, we don't find that Gideon is just this born, ready to go and woohoo, let's do this thing. He wasn't that kind of guy. And so here's the surprising call, verse 7. A nation cries out, a loving God steps up, and a hero gets called up. Verse 7, when the people of Israel cried out to the Lord on account of the Midianites, the Lord, dot, 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 steps up. And some of you, you're sitting there and you're going, man, where is God in the middle of this? Where is God in the middle of that? Cool thing is, the hero of the faith that made it into the New Testament from the Old Testament, he has some of those exact same questions. So if you're here today and you're thinking, man, God can't use me because I have questions. Uh, God can't use me because I have these doubts. Gideon is going to blow your thought process completely out of the water this morning. And I love how God does that. God steps up in verse 8. He sent a prophet to the people of Israel. Why did God send a prophet to the people of Israel? To remind them. 
hey, I'm gonna remind you of who I am, what I've done, and what I have rescued you from. And that's what he does. Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, I led you up from Egypt. Verse nine, I delivered you from the hand of the Egyptians and from the hand of all who oppressed you. And I drove them out before you and I gave their land to you. Verse 10, I said to you, I am the Lord your God. That's all you need today. Like some of you, maybe like Gideon, like you, you want a sign, you want something. All you need is that I am your Lord, I am your God. When he calls you to it, our right response to him is yes. It's not but, it's not if, it's not anything else. And some of you, you've had to step up in tough times. Some of you are doing that right now. Keep your yes on the table. Keep doing what God's calling you to do. Keep leading the way. It's a beautiful picture. So God steps up and then he calls a hero up. How many of you, man, you would love to be that person uh, in tight situations? I don't know if you know Scotty Sanders, but Scotty Sanders, he's really come along and he's helped us uh, on our staff. And he's like, man, when, when things get hard, like, like in a game situation, like I want to be throwing the ball. I want to help. I want to lead. I want to take it to the next level. And that's what God is wanting for all of us. He's wanting all of us to say, give me the ball. Let me run with it. We need to get to that place. But here's what this angel of the Lord says to Gideon in verse 12. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, the Lord is with you. What more do you need? If you're here today, you're a child of God, an heir to the throne, what more do you need than that the Lord is with you? The Holy Spirit of God is inside of you. The Lord is with you. If you, if you just need to be reminded of that today, then I'm so glad that, that maybe you're listening to my voice. But the Lord is with you. And he's saying here to, 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 to Gideon that we've got this. The Lord is with you. And then he calls him this, gives him a new title, Almighty Man of Favor. I don't know about you, but that, that equals hero. Like if you look at that word valor, it means boldness, determination, uh, in facing great danger, especially in battle. It's heroic courage. You know what this world needs more of? People of faith who would be heroic in battle. What are the battles? It may be that, that around the water cooler at your place of work, it may be that that's the battle. And it may be that there are people inside of cubicles around you that they just need to hear that the Lord is with you, that the Lord is there. He's ready to help them go through whatever it is. It's a bravery. That's what valor means. And then this hero, God has already defined him. You're going to be my hero. You're going to be Israel's hero. I don't know about you, but when you have opportunities to step in and opportunities to help people out with their faith, that's heroic. Like when you're growing up your kiddos and you're answering their, their problems with faith or you're praying with them at night or you're praying around your dinner table, when you're opening up scripture with them, when you're upstairs in kids, uh, Kidopolis and you're helping them, all of those are very heroic things. If you look around you, not everybody's doing it. When you drove to, to church this morning, you didn't have a lot of traffic jams. There's not a lot of people that are doing this. It is heroic stuff when you place your faith of highest importance and and you help bring other people along, that's what God is doing here with Gideon because he wants Gideon to do that for the Israelites. Who are the Israelites in your life right now? People in your own family? People in your own hood? People at work? 
God is asking you to be heroic in your faith. Be a man or woman of valor to show them what it is. But look at here. Here's a surprising suspense. Not really. For a lot of us, we get stuck in this, this word doubt. How many of you have gone through a period of time in your life you've doubted something about God? Again, okay, everybody look around. Don't take note of who it is, but just look. We're all in this together, right? So here's the deal. Even heroes doubt a surprising suspense. Verse 13, and Gideon said to him, please, my Lord, if the Lord is with us, why then has all of this happened to us? And where are all of his wonderful deeds that our fathers recounted to us, saying, did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us and given us into the hand of Midian. He's talking to an angel of the Lord. Like, how many of you have had that opportunity? Like, if you had the opportunity to talk to an angel of the Lord, I'm going to venture to say that your faith would probably be very strong. But here he is telling the messenger of God what God has supposedly done. Like, who's going to do this? Gideon does, which just goes to show me today that if you're struggling, you're doubting, you've got questions, God is big enough to answer God is big enough to give you faith through the middle of those circumstances. God is big enough to go through all of that with you, and he does that here. So even heroes doubt. Here's the truth about doubts. They can either define us or they can drive us. And if we allow our doubts, our fears, those worries, all of that stuff, if we allow those things to define us, then guess what? We will never be accounted for as a hero of the faith. But if you will allow those fears, those doubts to drive you and to say, God, no matter what, No matter what, no matter how it played out for them, no matter what they're going through, God, I want to continue strong in this process. I want to be a hero of the faith. Here's the deal. Doubt defined says this, a feeling of uncertainty. Seniors, you may have some of that uncertainty right now. Consider things questionable or maybe even to distrust what's going on around you. But doubt is weakness in faith. And that's where Gideon is. All of us today, as we read this story, there should be a bolstering of our faith to understand that God is with us. If he was there in the face of Israel in all of their years of going through this cycle time and time again, then I'm promising you this, that as you read 13 through 23, you're going to see his excuses. He will walk through every one of your excuses, and he will allow you to realize, fly's coming at me. Almost caught it. Here's the deal. Here's what he says in verse 13. Gideon says, our ancestors say you're good, but you've abandoned us. There's an excuse. Verse 14, God says, go. I'm sending you. Go, do this. Verse 15, Gideon says, I can't. I've got a weak family, and I'm the weakest in my family. What does God say? God says, go. You're right. You can't, but I can Verse 16 is when he says that. Verse 22, Gideon says, um, I can't, I've, uh, I've seen your face. Now he's saying, I've seen the face of God, so now I, I can't do this either. And God goes, I ain't gonna kill you. I'm talking to you. I'm leading you. I'm guiding you. I'm in a relationship with you right now. Let's do this thing. Here's the deal. I don't know if your parents ever told you this. Every time I told my mom or my dad, I can't do something. Every time, growing up, every time, can't, never, could, Till he tried. Some of you are shaking your head. Because our parents were on the same wavelength. Can't never could till he tried. Here's the deal. Some of the things that you have yet to try that God has asked you to try, can't never could until you tried. Test your faith in that. 
Don't allow your faith to be some, uh, the testing of your faith to be some fleece like we're going to see here maybe. We're not even going to look at that. But, but don't allow your testing, allow, just, just jump in and do what God's calling you to do. And, and if for some reason you fail, guess what? There's beauty in that too because um, 2 Corinthians 12, 9, what do we learn here? But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in your weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Man, anytime that you leap out in faith to follow God, anytime, and there comes that moment of seemingly failure or whatever, guess what? God is the one who will continue to come around you, to pick you up. When you're weak, when you feel like you're struggling, when you can't take the next test, when you can't do the next thing, God is the one who is always, forever going to be right beside you. So my question to you today is, what excuse is holding you back? What are the things that you're telling God that you can't do that he's already said, yes, you can? Because if you read through scripture, there's not a whole lot of things that he's told you you can't do. More times than not, we as Christians, we focus more on the things that we so-called can't do than the things that we are called to do and that he says you can do. Focus more on those things. See how God works in those moments and quit worrying about the things that you so-called can't do. See how he works in those things. Keeping, what's keeping you from conquering the crazy situations that are in your life? Every time that you say, I can't, God says, I can and I will. And that's what the story of Gideon proves today. Then number four here, we see a very surprising success. Our God is a God that goes against all the odds. He's going against all the odds. Here's the deal. Four statements I want you, if you got a pen, I want you to write them down. With God, success isn't about your size or your stature or theirs. It's not. It's not about the situation. It's not about the people who you're going through a situation with. It's not about that success isn't about size or stature. With God, success isn't about your standing in society or your families. And some of you feel like, I can't because, man, I didn't grow up like that or whatever. Man, excuses are gone today. Can we just say, in, in your heart of hearts, can you just say, all excuses are gone? If God's been calling you to lead in this church, your excuses are gone. If God's been telling you to, to, to try out, do something different, work, whatever, God's calling you and say, hey, I wanna, I wanna try something, I want you to try this new thing, I'm calling you to it, the excuses are gone today. Can we just say that? And we say yes to whatever God has for us. With God's success is his and he can grant it to whoever is ready, willing, and able. So my question to you, are you ready, willing, and able? Is your yes on the table? Because it's vitally important that your yes is on the table. Your yes can't be tucked away somewhere, can't be uh, hidden underneath the, the bed, it can't be tucked away in a closet. Like your yes, the, the yes of your heart has to be on the table all times. With God's success is always on his terms. Let's look at it with Gideon. Judges chapter seven, flip a page over and see in, in, in uh, verse two. The Lord said to Gideon, the people with you are too many for me to give the Midianites into their hand, lest Israel boast over me, saying, my own hand has saved me. Now therefore proclaim in the ears of the people, saying, whoever is fearful and whoever is trembling, let him return home and hurry away from Mount Gilead. Then 
22 of the people returned and 10,000 remained. Do the math. 32,000 people. Gideon's going, all right, there's a good group of people here. Maybe, just maybe, we can take on the Midianites. Who's scared? Anybody scared? 22,000 gone. So the odds are already, they were already stacked up against 135,000 versus 32,000, right? Big odds. Then all of a sudden now 10,000 of them remain. And then God says in verses four through eight, God says again, too big. This is gonna be something that only you and I are gonna be able to know kind of the workings of this right now, but too many people still. And he's going, <laughs> did you see all those that left? Like God, you, you, you counted them. You know, you saw how many people are gone and you want me to do what? Now he goes, and the Lord said to Gideon, the people are still too many. Take them down to the water. Gideon brought them to the water to drink, told them to drink, and God said, those who lap like a dog, set them aside. And those who do not lap like a dog and they kneel to drink, set them apart. 300 dog lappers. I guess that's just proof that God likes dogs more than cats. I don't know. But 300 people that actually got on all fours and started drinking like a dog. 300 of them. Everybody else do the math. That's 9,700 who go away. So here's Gideon now with 300. So if you look at those odds, let's summarize them. 32,000 to 135,000. That's one to four. You might. Brad, you might could take on four guys, maybe. Then he goes from that 10,000 to 135,000. That's one versus, do the math, 13.5. Then 300 to 130, that's one to 450. Can't do that, dude. One to 450. What does God do in the midst of all of that? God laughs in the face of all of those odds because he's God. He's got a bigger plan. And when you say yes, guess what? The odds don't matter. The odds are never stacked against those who are called his own. The odds are never against you if you are a child of God. The odds may look, they may look daunting. The odds may, it may look like everybody's against you. But if God is for you, who can be against you? And that's what is proven here. So my question, what are the odds that God wants to use you in a huge way today? What are the odds God wants to use every one of you in this room. But the only way that God's going to use you is when you put your yes on the table. Gideon still, at some point in time, Gideon still had to say, yes. Gideon still had to say, okay, Gideon still. Even when all of the troops are getting whittled down, Gideon still had to take it on. And look in verse 19. So Gideon and the hundred men who were with him came to the outskirts of the camp at the beginning of the middle watch. And when they had just set the watch, they blew the trumpets and say anything about a sword. Stay with me. The musicians in here will love this. And they blew the trumpets and smashed the jars that were in their hands. Not, not, their, not their gun. <laughs> have guns in. But, but also not their sword, right? And then 20. Then the three companies blew their trumpets okay, and then broke the jars. They held in their left hands the torches and their right hands the trumpets to blow. And they cried out, a sword for the Lord and for Gideon! Every man stood in his place around the camp and all the army ran. 
not his army, not God's army, that army, the Midian, they cried out and they fled. And when they blew the 300 trumpets, there's, there's way more than 300 people in here. Can we just try this? What would a trumpet sound like? With, no, that's a clap. Trumpet, ready? <laughs> Let's try it one more time. I like it. And the army fled as far. I'm just gonna do the dot, dot, dot right there. The army fled. And it goes on to say that they turned their swords on each other. So without any sword, without any weapon, with a trumpet and a jar, basically, in 300 men's hands, 135,000 people wiped out. Tell me my God can't do whatever it is that you're needing him to do in your life. If you, will, if you will trust him, many of you are in here and you have trusted him for your salvation. You have trusted him with your whole eternity, yet you won't trust him with your relationships. You've trusted him to save you from heaven and not hell, but you won't trust him with your next step, your job. You won't trust him with, with your wife or your, your spouse. You won't trust him with your kids. You're still trying to do everything for your kids. Trust him. The God who can defeat 135 with 300 without even a sword or anything, can I promise you today, he can take on whatever it is that you have in front of him. God can tell, uh, God can tell you that he wants to use you all day long, but until he won't do it until your faith stands up. Today, you need to tell your faith to stand up. In your heart of hearts, what you've heard today, you need to say tomorrow, when you're facing whatever you need to face, faith, stand up. Be ready. Number two, until your faith springs into action. Faith is no faith when it is sitting on a sofa watching Netflix all day long. Faith is no faith at all when you are walking around the office scared to death that someone's going to ask you some kind of question. Number three, um, faith is ready to go um, that when you realize that God is not a God of chaos. He is a God of order. And I'm sure that in, in moments of this that Gideon was struggling thinking, man, God, this is so chaotic. This is so weird. And when he's seeing troops go left and right, left and right, but now we get to see it all of these years later. God is a God of order and not of chaos. God is waiting on your yes today. He is. He is waiting for you to say yes. No matter what comes up, no matter what you're struggling with, if you will just say yes, I will be faithful. I will do, even in your weakness, yes, I will do whatever it is. Your yes today may be to accept Jesus Christ as your Savior for the very first time. That would be a huge step in the right direction. In fact, none of the other things are gonna come at you like this until you place your faith in who God is. The, you said yes a while ago, but maybe for some of you, you haven't even taken those smaller steps of believer's baptism. Man, you're, you're not involved in maybe a, 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 one of our connection classes to come alongside you and help you grow in your faith. Like some of those baby steps, cool thing is, is that with Gideon, even though some of it looked like baby steps, baby steps are still steps. Baby steps are still steps. Seniors, your yes today may be to accept his will for your life and not your own. And that's what I had to battle. For all of us, whatever your next step is, it's vital that as a church that we would say yes to whatever that next step is, even for our church. And we're together in this thing. 
And that when there are those people inside of your connection classes or inside your own homes, that you would come alongside them with your faith. It may be that they need to see your faith before they would exercise their own. What's God calling you to? What's God saying to you? What is it that you're waiting on before you would say yes to him? In verses 23 through 25, it says, the men of Israel were called out and they went in a radical pursuit. Gideon sent the messenger saying, come down against the Midianites. Why? Because they had already won the battle. And so now it was finishing up what God had already done. You don't want to be the ones who miss because you were on the sidelines. You don't want to miss just the battle because it might be a little bit more difficult. And you want to be the one who says yes. You want to be the one who's in the fight. You want to be the one who had been called to this. And at the end of it, then you're able to stand back and you're able to look at it and not to say, hey, look what I did. But Gideon was able to tell the story of look what God has done. God has done so much in this church over these last few years that I've been here. And we've seen students come to know the Lord. We've seen so many at I Not Ashamed. We, uh, year after year, get baptized and follow in the Lord. Man, he has got so much more in store. But he needs every one of us in this room to say yes. What's your faith saying? What is it that you need God to do today in order that you would stand up for him tomorrow? What if he wants to lead you into battle tomorrow? Are you ready today? It's easy when we're in here and we sing reckless love. I can do anything after singing reckless love. But tomorrow, maybe you need to get that uh, on your phone or whatever just so you're listening to that on your way to work instead of maybe the talk radio that's so rough when you're listening to some of that stuff. Put God first. Ask God what he wants of you. For those of you who are here today and you say, man, can I have never placed my faith in my... Today's the first time I've ever heard the story of Gideon. Welcome, welcome to the God of big, awesome, surprising, amazing. There are people sitting around you right now who would be able to say, you saw their hands, God is always gonna surprise us because he wants to use us. For those of you who are here and you think, man, God can't use me, yes, he can. Don't, don't allow the enemy to win. Don't allow the enemy to win. With heads bowed and eyes closed here, I just want to challenge you. Our, our, our prayer team, our counselors, they're going to come forward. If you're here today and you would say, man, I really, really, really want to talk to somebody. I need help. And I, I, I need somebody to answer some of these questions. But what, what more are we here for than as a church to help you with those spiritual great questions that you have? If you've never placed your faith and trust in Jesus, today's the day. Gideon had his day, today's your day. Gideon had to place his faith in God, today's your day. So do that. If you're here and you say, man, I want what's next. And God can trust you way more in the big things when he can trust you with the small things like baptism. Some of you, you're here for the very first time. You're trying to check out churches. John, our pastor, amazing man, will be uh, in guest reception would love to bring you and, and, and answer those questions. Some of you, he'll do a great job in answering those spiritual questions in there as well. But you and only you and God know what needs to happen today. So if you need uh, someone to come alongside you and encourage you, you need someone to help empower you by praying for you today, that's what we're here for. We would do anything in the world to help in that. So here in just a few moments, people are gonna exit, you come forward. 
Don't allow tomorrow to come at you until you're able to answer God's yes. Give him your yes today. God, just like Gideon, God, would you call us to things that are way bigger than ourselves? Would you allow us to see your faith in action? Would you, would you allow us to see us be able to, to stand up? Would you allow us to see the biggest and best things that you want us to do in our lives? Would you allow us to see that and not just be on the sidelines for it? For those who are here and have never placed their faith and trust in you, Jesus, I pray that today would be that day. I pray that today would be the day that they put their yes on the table for their faith, but also for the rest of their lives here on this planet, that they would live for you, that they would make it into faith's hall of fame in heaven. God, I pray that we would rise up from this church, the Gideons, who would be able to say, yes, let me take the ball. Let me take on the armies. Let me do what it is that God wants me to do. Help these seniors to take it on in these days ahead as they graduate, walk the stage, and as they move into the next years of college or work or whatever it is that you have for them, not what they have for themselves. We love you, Jesus. Thank you again for dying on the cross for our sins. Thank you for living in us, Holy Spirit, to give us the power to overcome every obstacle that comes our way. God, you're amazing in how you love us. Continue to show us that reckless love that you have for us. We love you. It's in your name that we pray it all. Come forward if you need to talk. We love you. Glad that you were here today.